Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. I think I'm on. Am I on? Just because I don't hear me, that doesn't mean you don't hear me, right? All right, good. All right. Well, I just uh, sent a message to my church. Uh, my, one of my pastors is preaching today, uh, uh, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about uh, me just so I get started because uh, I, I want to, first of all, tell you Merry Christmas to all of you. I want to wish that to you and make sure you have a great Christmas because I did not come to bring a Christmas message. I'll leave that to your pastor. I came to give you a message that, you know, I've been listening to the podcast and Pastor Lee, and, and let me tell you about your pastor. I don't know him. And when I finally got to know him, I, you know, I've been calling him Pastor Doug. I called him Pastor Doug for the last five or six years. I said, Pastor Doug, how you doing? Pastor Doug, hey. And he just, how you doing? <laughs> he just kept saying that. And then one day, Joanne told me, said, who are you talking about? I said, you're a pastor. She said, his name is Pastor Lee. <laughs> well, I'm talking to his brother then. That's who, only, because that's who I talked to. But I, I, I love him. I, we have just, I came here, and those of you who were here before, um, and did Cynthia and Ryan's wedding. Uh, uh, let me just kind of set the stage for you, a little background before I get into the message. Is that okay if you go over five minutes this morning? Yes. You're going to go over 20 anyway. So, but <laughs> no, you're not. I'm not playing. But Cynthia and I, Cynthia, we started becoming, um, I'm her, I was her pastor in Maryland in a place called Jessup, Maryland. Baltimore is 15 miles up the road. D.C. is 20 miles up the road with smack in the center. And uh, uh, Chris and Joanna were stationed at Fort Meade and, and that area, and we just became friends. They were at the church, and, and the first time I met Cynthia, she was probably middle schooler, I guess, and I went to her, and I'm the kind of, I'm a kind of nice person. I like, to, I like to meet, how many of you like nice people? Well, you ought to practice being one, because that's a good thing. It really, just nice people. And I, I said, hey, young lady, she looked at me like I stole her cookies. I don't know what happened, but I said, she said, and there was a young man there by the name of J.C. who she had the hots for, you hear me? <laughs> and so J I knew J.C., and J.C., uh, she was over there. With, I said, you mean to tell me you would go talk to him before you talk to me? She said, I don't know you. And I said, oh, it's like that, huh? And sure enough, a little while passed and everything, and little by little, I started itching away at that hard shell that she had. And that little country girl and I just began a relationship that's just been great. I will tell you how she was when she was 16, which is why we really bonded, but I won't go into that. I let her keep that to herself. And I met Ryan. We've, uh, we've been a part of their lives. And let me introduce you to my wife, my wife, Alice. Alice, would you stand? That's my wife, Alice. We have been married for 37 years. We have, uh, we have two children, two girls. Uh, uh, one's completely deaf. Every now and then I use my hands because she's completely deaf. She lives in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and she has her own business. She, she strives. She has two children, two of the greatest grandchildren. In the, if your grandparents say amen, it's a good thing, isn't it? Oh, I love my grandchildren. I'm telling you, the real ones I have to deal with, but the grandchildren, they're awesome. And, and my other daughter, our other daughter, Kimberly, she's uh, been married five years. She just told us about five months ago she's expecting her first baby. So we're going to be grandparents again, and so that's good. We've had a lot happening in our lives, and um, uh, not to boast or anything like that, but uh, I have been on a charting uh, 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 
a trial to, to get more educated. Uh, deep, just before December, I got a phone call from the school I was going to. I have completed my doctorate in biblical studies. And I am really excited. I want to encourage you to keep studying keep, because you're always learning. You grow more. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pontificate with such eloquence that you will understand that the doctor is speaking. I'm a country boy from Georgia, so can I be real? Yeah. All right, good, 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 good. Uh, my, I didn't grow up in the church. I grew up sleeping in the church, woke up in the church, went to bed in the church. I, that's the way we did it. And I was thinking by listening to your pastor's message, what word could I give this great church? What word could I say to you that would really empower you to just say, wow, can I go to the next level in this year? Now, I'm not going to ask you if you say I'm a pacer, so if you can keep up, keep up. It, 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 I ask you a question, what is it that you really want out of life? What is it that you really, really think you want out of life? I remember when um, my wife and I were uh, dating, I was uh, going to ask her to marry me. And for the life of me, I didn't know why. Why is my mind telling me to marry this woman? I, I don't want to get married. I like being single. But something was telling me, you, you got to know, man. You got to know if she really wants to, wants to marry. You got to know. And when she was in college, I went there and I bought her a ring. I don't know why, I went to the jewelry store, bought her a ring, and, and I was going to ask her to marry me as she graduated from, so I'm standing shaking in my boots, and I didn't know if she's going to say yes or no, because she wasn't the nicest person <laughs> to me, because she lived a food about, she, she would give me this, I said, won't you come over? I'm not coming, and, you know, kind of like that, and so I bought this ring, now you got, you got to understand this, this ring was, this was a classic ring. She, she lost it and glad she did. So it, was, it had a diamond on it that you could see. You had to really put it pretty close to see. And I went down and I said, will you marry me? I just, and I just had to know. I had to know. You know it's just the right thing to do. And she, she no, now listen, if you ever get asked to be married, ladies, any ladies in here want to be married? Y'all scared to answer now, right? But if you want to be married, if he comes to you and you really want to set him up to treat you like a key, fall out when he asks you. I mean, don't just say, oh, that's not good enough. I want you to drop down, do the moonwalk, something. Just, just fall out. Just, just, just talk to him. Oh, Lord Jesus. Lord. I want you, I want you to, I want you to, because he wants to know he's got the right thing. How many of you want to know? You, there's some things in life that you just got to know. You, you, you got to know. How many of you got to know you're going to go to heaven? You got to know. You, you, but you're just, well, you can find out. But you got to know you. I've got three stories today, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do them real quick. And I do use uh, some Georgia colloquialism, so I'm going to get that out of the way first. I say fixing. And uh, y'all with me? All right, good. That's it. I say bot to. You know what that means? Oh, okay, good, good, okay, good, good. Okay. We on the same page then. That's all right. How many of y'all like okra? Don't go there. Don't got plans. <laughs> Love me some okra. Have you ever come to a place where you just had to know? Just had to know. I've been saved for a long time. I've been loving Jesus. And I want to speak to everyone in here that might think they're where they're supposed to be in Christ. I want to challenge your faith. I want to challenge your theology. I want to challenge your mindset about who God is in your life. 
I want to talk to you about three men. One's Nicodemus. One's Zechariah. And the other one is the rich young ruler. Three separate people, but they, they all three had to know something. They, they, they went out of their way to know something, and I'm going to peel them away one at a time. I'm going to first start about Nicodemus, a seeker, a seeker. He, he's found in John chapter 3, and he, 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 was, he was looking. He was listening, and this Jesus had come to town, and Jesus was preaching and teaching all these good things, and he was a member of the Sanhedrin clan. He was a member of a tribe that they, they were very legalistic and did a lot of things like that. He just had to know, though, because when Jesus spoke, Jesus spoke words that kind of tricked his mind. They challenged his, the way he thought. And he says to them, hmm, curiosity has me. I'm a man that's a leader. I'm a man that knows how things happen, and I've got to find out what this is, this Jesus is talking about. Many of us think we know who Jesus is. Many of us think we follow hard after God, but yet still, when we walk out, we do things that are totally contrary to what God would want us to do. We're not quite the same person that we thought we were. We put this face on, as I read your, uh, I listened to your pastor's message on the mask. We put this mask on that says, here's who I am today, but tomorrow you might be surprised who you get. Of what you get. So therefore, he, he had to do something. He snuck away to get to Jesus. He, he got in a place where it was late in the hour. He didn't want anyone to see him. He didn't want to be caught up. And some of us hide from the mere fact, I'm a, I'm a Christ believer. If you're a Christ follower, say amen. amen. And, and as a Christ follower, let me read what it says in John 3, 3 through 4. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's what? Say it. He's born again. He, he, he's made new. Now, for a leader, for someone of a scholarly person like that, this was hard for him. Nicodemus was like, what do you mean? What do you, what do you mean born again? He goes a little further. How can someone be born again when they're old? Nicodemus asked, surely I, they cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb. That's just ridiculous. Do, do you understand the, the scientific metaphors behind that? That's not possible. Something got his attention, though. Jesus spoke to him on his level. Listen, whatever level you are in today, wherever you think you are, whether you're the cremo cremo, you're the cream of the crop when it comes to person of intelligence and smarts and, and all these things. Listen, Jesus is speaking to you right now. Come, Holy Spirit, speak to you, speak your people right now in such a way to where they hear you as you spoke to Nicodemus. They hear you. They, listen, don't you know that you must be born again? There's something new in your life. As a leader of the Jews, Jesus explains this new birth to him. And when he explains this new birth to him, he says, you must be born again. The old things that you used to do, listen, some things that you're doing, can I be real with your people? Okay. Some things that you're doing, you ought not be doing. Look at your neighbor. Touch your neighbor. Say, neighbor. Come on, speak it to them. They, they, they just ignored you now, that little tap. Say, neighbor. Come on, hit them. Say, neighbor. Some things you're doing, you ought not do. Did he hit you? Did she hit you? Well, you ought not be doing that then. Some things you ought not be doing. He had to know something. He had to know. Let's go to Zacchaeus. Luke 19. 
I just truly love this story because I want to talk to everyone in here that's under five foot six. Can you say amen? <laughs> Come on. Ain't nothing wrong with short people. There used to be a song a long time ago, short people got no reason to live. You got to pick them up to say hello. That's the most ugly thing I ever heard. I'm five foot six and I'm proud of it. Amen. Zacchaeus was a five foot, he was a short man. And it's amazing that the Bible would use that term. It said, but he was little in stature. They say now in today's vernacular, they say he was vertically challenged. So he was short. I don't have a problem being short. In my church, we now just explain about Bethlehem. I've got seven pastors in my church, and I'm the senior pastor. And everyone in there, let me see. Yeah, everybody's taller than I am. <laughs> but I carry a big stick. <laughs> I have a church that's multi-ethnic, multi-racial. We have 40 nations in our church. And they come from everywhere. The, the, the Burmese, they, they, you know, I have to know their language. Ming La Ba, I have to know what they're saying. The Hispanic people, I have to know what they're saying. The people from all over in, in, in New Guinea, in Africa, you have to know what they're saying. And they all come up there. And now, the African people, if you ever get you some African people in your church, it'll change your church. Because they call me Daddy. Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. I say, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> Daddy, and then they 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 they, they bless you when you now this is a plug for you, so don't no charge. Listen, when it's pastor's appreciation time for your pastor, make him rich. Amen. You didn't give one amen. I'm out there working on this a little bit. <laughs> make him rich. Yeah, I mean, listen, you get the dick. Cause guess what? When you need him at two o'clock at night, you don't ask them how much I paid you, but you need him. Let me tell you that, that's free now. You got to know that. But anyway, the Africans will make you, they, 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 you know, they will dance, they will shout. When we do shouting time, there was one time we was having a service. Let me tell you something. And the Holy Spirit dropped into Bethel, just dropped in there. I had a great message planned to preach. The Holy Spirit said, shut up, sit down, I got it. And the Africans just took over. They, they just took over the whole church. It was so exciting and everything was blowing away. And I said, what in the world are these people doing? Because some of us, we're not used to that. Some of us didn't grow up out of churches the way you could just be exuberant and excited. The Bible says man ought to always praise the Lord. We ought to always give him a shout of praise. And all the earth will shout your praise and all your and, and they just believe that. Um, what you need to do is get you some Canadians in your church. Oh, hello, Pastor. You get you some Canadians in your church. They, they're funny people too. The British people are really funny. Pastor Green, care for some crumpets. I just, tell me what a crumpet is first. <laughs> so go through. But Zacchaeus, I get to talking, I get to going. Jesus was passing, this is not verse 1 through 10. I got to read all this because short people need to know they, they matter and they matter with me. <laughs> then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. He was going through. Now, behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. The, the Bible gives great emphasis on this man. It says, now, behold, look at this. This guy, Zacchaeus, was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. Say rich. Oh, he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was. A rich person has a way of thinking they can get anything they want. You know, when your money has you, you're not rich. You're a slave. 
You better write that down if you're writing anything down. When your money has you, you're not rich. You're a slave. So he goes, he goes, he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because the, because the crowd, for he was short in stature. He was vertically challenged. He was a miniature man. So he ran ahead and climbed up on a sycamore tree to see him. It makes no difference how much money you have when there's something that you just got to know. You do what you have to do to get to where you got to get to. So he ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree to see him. For he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, called the man by name Zacchaeus, little short brother, little bitty fella. Make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and he came down and received him joyfully. When you come into an encounter with the Holy Spirit, when God is in the process of that, it changes how you see things. Because I'm sure he was looking just to say, who is this guy? But now when he sees him and he meets him, your countenance changes. Your desire changes. He says to him, but when he saw him, he, I'm sorry, so he made haste and came down and received him how? Joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, he has gone to be with the guest with a man who is a sinner. This Jesus doing something out of the ordinary. Listen, every single one of you in here, I don't know all of you, but you're special to me. And if you need to be prayed for, I will pray for you. Because you know what? God calls every person that he sends to you. How will they come unless, they, unless God send them? I believe you're not entering the day by accident. I believe you're not entering the day just because you said uh, they're coming for this uh, baby dedication. I believe you're not in here today because it's just Sunday. I believe the Holy Spirit drew you in here today. Yes. And something's going to be said that's going to perk into your ears. And you say, whoa, I didn't know that. You may be the short person in here, and you just, the only thing you've heard in this whole sermon was that you're short. Well, just believe it and move on, because you are. <laughs> then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Lord, look. <laughs> All you rich people, I want you to take note of this. I give half my goods to the poor, and if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. Now, see, guess what? If you're rich today, everybody here knows you are. They know. They know who has money, who doesn't have money. We had a guy in our church, very wealthy. I mean, homeboy was loaded, <laughs> loaded. So we were getting, getting ready to build our church. And as we were preparing to build our church, we needed some property to build this church. And we had our eyes on this property that was seven and a half acres. And seven and a half acres in Hebrew Springs cost you what? A couple of hundred dollars? <laughs> Two or three thousand? Two hundred thousand? Two dollars? Oh my goodness. Well, this land that we were going to get was seven and a half acres. Two acres of it was swamp land, but it came with it. It was $750,000. And we were trying to make a deal with him to get this, get this land. He says, to him, he says, he says we, we, we tried to be, you know, don't think. God is cheap, but we just tried to work a deal with him. You know how you guys are. You tell, what about uh, 600000 Maybe 550 He wasn't budging. He's a 750 He came to church. He came to church, and that Holy Spirit thing started working. We've been praying for this land for a long time, man. That when, when you start praying and God knows that you're praying, that's why tonight, just a little plug, if you come tonight for tonight's service, I'm, I'm talking about prayers that get God's attention. So if you need to 
you need to come tonight. But anyway, we prayed, we prayed, we prayed, we met down there, we prayed. We wanted that. He came to church, was in the church, heard a message that just changed his life, went to bed, couldn't sleep, woke up the next morning, came to the board and said, I'm not going to give it to you for $750,000. I'm going to give it to you for free. For free. That's the truth. Gave it to us for free. $750,000. Then all the blessings start happening. We need a sewer working there. There's a guy gave us sewer pipe. You know how much sewer pipe costs? I don't want to know, but you know how much it costs? We got that too. I can tell you blessings after blessings, how God has been in the, in the blessing business. When you have your money, you are a slave. When he released that, all kinds of things broke open for him. He was already rich, but just like Job, God gave him double for his trouble. You had to learn how to release that thing. So let me get on with Zacchaeus. I pondered how to, how, to, how to give this to you. What's the direction of me saying this? And how, not just because he's short, but because he had so much stuff. There are times when we have things, and, and really we don't have things, things have us. When you just have to know who Jesus is, when you think you know, that's one thing. But when you have to know for yourself, because if there's not a tugging at your spirit that the, that the Lord is with you, you don't have it. And I'm going to challenge you today. How is your heart meter when it comes to Jesus Christ? How is your heart meter when it comes to him being a part of who you are? Do you, do you acknowledge him in all your ways? Do you trust him in the things that you do? you trust him even when it doesn't look like it matters? Do you give in to, to what everybody else is saying? Or do you understand? God said, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, seek my faith, then I'll bless them. I'll receive things and throw things to them they never even imagined. When you understand how close he is to you, when, 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 when Zacchaeus humbled himself and climbed up a tree, this man was rich, rich. He climbed up a tree to see. That's, that's saying he could have had someone pick him up. He could have had someone lift him up, build something to make him stand up. But he had so much of a desire to want to know who Jesus was, he ran ahead of them, got up a tree. What are you doing in order that you might get to God? Do you stay seated in your seat and just say, oh, well, that was church today. It was great. I'm so glad. Hallelujah. And you're the same person you were. Something should happen. Let's go to my next man. My next man is the rich young ruler. I had so much more to say on that, but I, I think I beat that horse, and I want to make this one work. My friend, Pastor Cox, he, he was my predecessor before uh, I became senior pastor at Bethel, was talking about this young man, and these words have just never left my ear, and I just got to present them to you. Excuse me. Mark chapter 10, verse 17 to 22. Now, he was going out on the road, Jesus was. One came running, knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Have any of you ever come to the place where you're wondering, Is this for me? And you just got to know, am I, am I truly, you, know, you might have come one day and given your life to the Lord. You might have come one day and, 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 and felt something, but just didn't act on it. I'm going to ask you to act on it today because this is what this young ruler did that really just impressive. 
So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? You don't know me. No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments. He said, do not commit adultery, okay? Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. Okay. And the, the, the rich, listen, the rich young ruler, he, he was all three of these people had something that had them. He was a rich young ruler. He said, teacher, I've kept all these things since my youth. I've been doing this all along. I, I, I haven't killed anybody. I, haven't, 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 uh, I don't smoke. I don't chew. I don't run around with women who do. I just, I just, I didn't do all that. He said, Dude, I didn't steal. I, I don't bear fraud. I don't defraud. I honor my mother and father. What, what else is there for me to do? Then Jesus looked at him and listened to these two words right here. Loved him. Loved him. Paid attention to him. Listen to him. I'm listening to you right now. I'm, I, want, I want your heart meter to start working right now. He, paid, he loved him. And he says to him, one thing you like. I, 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 I want to stay right there for a second. One thing you like. You, you, you may ask yourself the question, I, I'm nice. I'm, I'm, I like everybody except her. Oh, hear me. She thinks she's all that. Hallelujah. That brother makes me so mad how he does these things. Oh, God, I give you all the glory. Jesus loved him and said, one thing you like. It's offering time. Man, I got to go to the store at the Lowe's after this is over. Ain't getting no money today. Hallelujah. God's not first. When God is last, so are you. So are you. He says, one thing you like, go, your, go on your way. Sell whatever you have. Get to the, what? Do you know how much stuff I have? I'm going to give you guys a real illustration from yours truly. I am a retired United States Air Force Airman. Hallelujah. Any retirees in here? Y'all must not know the Air Force. We bad. My friend Chris is the retired Army. They let y'all retire. They, they asked us to. So. But, but when I retired from the military in October of 1999, I had a job with the Chamber of Commerce in Colorado Springs. I was going to be the head HR guy at, in the Chamber of Commerce. Pretty impressive job. Had a title. Going to wear a suit and tie every day and go to the office. And really, I, wow. I walk out of the military, walk into a great job, making $30,000 a year. Chump change. But because of the position, I felt good to take it. So I took the job and... The week before I was supposed to go in and take the job, the guy that was hiring me, he quit. And so they put another guy in there. He came to me and told me, he said, if you think for one minute I'm going to let you be in my HR as an Air Force retiree, you're out of your mind. And just told me. Now, I could have sued him, but you're Christians. You don't sue, do you? I felt like it. And I said, oh, okay. So I took a job pouring concrete, hanging shingles, 
putting up siding, building, building steps and things in houses. I took a job doing that. Here it is, comes up around January time frame, so I, I'm double dipping for a few months, and then all of a sudden that runs out, and my next neighbor, Paul, he gives me this job, and this one guy, it was Christmas time in 1999. He didn't have a job, but he was a very good carpenter, and, all, and I had his job. I said, you want my job? I gave him my job, because I ain't like it no way, but I gave him my job. I was working too doggone hard, but I, that's all I had. I took a job with U.S. West Quest Communication. And when I took this job with them, uh, they, I, they, they saw that I had a master's in business and they, they, they wanted to use me in one of their director roles. And I, oh, okay. So they slid the paper to me and they said, here you go. This is your offer. The offer sheet was $85,000. Don't hate, don't hate. I was, I, woo! And they said, we're going to promote you to a manager in two to three months. And therefore, you're going to make it six figures after that. My first bonus was $3,600 for a bonus after three months. It was a great job. A great job. How many say amen to that? And then I get a phone call from Bethel Assembly of God to come and be the associate pastor. You know what I told them? Are you kidding? You know how much money I make? Y'all going to pay me $35,000 to be the associate pastor. I make that on the weekend. I mean, that pride in me was heavy, heavy. And I told him, I'm not coming there. And my wife, with her smart self, says to me, she says, we were over the, the young adults, the, the Generation X, as they used to call them. And I always told the young adults, they would all come to me with their problems. And I tell them, have you talked to God about that? Have you taken the time to talk to God about that? Because you need to make this decision that works. And she asked me, she said, Johnny, what do you normally tell those young adults when they have problems and situations? What are you talking about? You know, when they come to me, what do you say? Well, I asked them, have they talked to God about it? And she says those magic words every husband wants to hear. Well, did you? <laughs> me and God was not having a conversation about that money because it was too much money to go down from and what I was making. And I said, I don't have to talk to God about this. I'm keeping this job. Well, you see, I went to Bethel. Took the job. Three years later, I'm the senior pastor. Three years later, God's just been blessing. Just, you know, we've traveled the world, my wife. I travel more now than I did in the military. Israel, Egypt, all these places right there, Africa going on over to El Salvador, down in Ecuador, just all kinds of places, blessing and being a blessing to people, telling you how good God is. Like this guy right here, he said, look, one thing you like, sell everything you have, take up your cross and come follow me. If you're going to be with me, you better make it real. If you're going to follow what I say, you better, cause, listen, I'm an example before you today. God has done some amazing, ama amazing things in my life. I can't tell you how blessed I am to be a child of the King. So my question to you today is, and you play so well, Aaron, play so well. Do you need to know? Do you need to know? Is there something really hard you need to know? God, am I good enough for you? God, am I that, am I that one you called that long time ago? Am I still holding on to things that have me? 
Am I still holding on to things that are not going to release me? It doesn't mean you have to jump, you have to run, you have to, but it means that you have to make a solid confirmation decision that the past is the past and I'm moving forward in the things of God. We pray for you. There are times you just got to know. There are times you got to understand what it is God is telling you. The one scripture that really peels back everything for me is John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved, might receive that eternal life, have their names etched. I speak to the left. I speak to the right. I speak to the center aisle. I speak to you all, and I ask this question as a way of challenge. If tomorrow were to come, and the Lord Jesus Christ had his hand out for you, could you take it? If, if tomorrow were to come and the worst thing ever that you thought happened and you called on someone that you did not know, would he listen to you? I speak to Heber, Heber first and I ask Heber first right now, this day is a turnaround day for this church. I said this day is a turnaround day for this church. This day is a turnaround day to where those that think they are there will really know I am there. If God is for me, I'm good. When I went from, from being this little peon guy to, to being the senior pastor, my very first day in the pulpit, I was scared to death. But God just kind of let the Holy Spirit just calm my anxious heart and say, I'm for you. Why are you afraid? I'm for you. If you're in this place today, right now, with every head bowed, would you bow your head? Because I want you to think about this for yourself. Not for anyone else, but for yourself. God, America is going through a very tumultuous time right now. We don't know what's happening. We don't understand this and we don't understand that. We see new change in leadership. We see new, uh, new ways of seeing things. But Lord, we're not too sure about a lot of things. But yet, God, I haven't asked you, what do you think about it? What do you think about me and my walk with you right now? What do you think about me and how I walk with you and what I do for you and how I treat you and how I treat others? What do you think about me? Am I, am I missing something? I, I really got to know, God, if, you, if you're okay with me. I want to be like Nicodemus. I want to I be like Zacchaeus and, and, and just, put, just put it all aside and say, Lord, I'm chasing after you now and not anyone else. The rich young ruler had to let go of things that had him. You may have to let go of some things that have you so that God can be first and foremost in your life. If you're in this room right now today, and listen, I'm going to make it real easy for you. And you need 
to get God's attention to just say, I'm, God, I'm with you. I want to know if you're with me. Just lift your hands. Amen, amen, amen. Just lift your hands. A, this is a turnaround day. This is a turnaround day for this church. Just, just, just understand, God is saying, I'm going to show you a new way of doing what you do. I'm going to show you another way of making it when you didn't think you could at all. I'm going to, I'm going to help you understand what it is to love one another, to care for one another, to cherish one. I'm going to show you something that you've never seen before. Once again, if it's you in this room and your relationship with Christ, not as a bad thing, but you want a stronger relationship with Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit, if that's you, just lift your hand. Come on. There you go. Just lift your hand. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm not going to call you up here because I'll leave that to the pastor to take care of. But I want you to stand. Those of you that raise your hand, I want you to stand because I want to pray a prayer that gets God's attention just for you. And I'm going to show you how we pray these prayers that gets God's attention just for you. Just those that raise their hands. If you raise your hand and you're saying, God, my, my desire right now from what has been said is that I connect with you on a different level, on a better way. And this little short pastor comes here and tells me like you up, I'm up in a tree right now looking at you saying, God, when you pass by here, pass by me. Pass by me. Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray for those who are standing and God as they are standing just just by an act of your will if you just lift your hands like this Joe, Joe you're standing just lift your hands like this it's a sign of surrender it's a sign of okay it's not me it's not about me it's about you it's a sign of surrender Lord change me I accept what has been said that I need to know more I need to I really need to know that you're with me but I'm standing here with you now to say, I really want you to know I'm with you. I'm with you. Change my heart, oh God. Change my life, oh God. Quicken my spirit, oh God. And I pray right now that the Holy Spirit would rest, rule, and abide in your life from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Now for everyone else, everyone else, would you stand? Everyone else, everyone else.